Hi, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Grassroots Church Roundtable Podcast, a podcast that is simply a discussion between a couple of local church leaders. Today, we're going to be giving a few pointers, a little, a couple of tips, if you will, for those that are recent converts, those who are new believers, which also hopefully this will be a great resource to anyone who knows someone that is a recent convert or a new believer. Just some, just some free advice from a couple of mature, wise, outstanding individuals. Darren Cherry is on the other side of this round table. He's the lead elder of Grassroots Church, and I'm Adam. I am an elder of Grassroots Church here in the Greenbrier Valley. Good late morning, Darren. What's up? Oh, you know, just another Thursday. Yes, it is. That's pretty much all I can say. Gearing up for the spring season. Oh. We talked about the gardening, the house projects. Baseball. Baseball. March Madness. Yep. The Darren Cherry personal holiday is now one uh, a little over a week away. Darren, you like to save that daylight. Yep. And that is Selection Sunday for March Madness. You're preaching that Sunday, so I get to hear you preach. Um, so it's... It's good. It's, it's, it's weird. Darren Cherry personal Whenever you holiday. look out, they're like, this is the next month. And then you get your head up in the clouds and you start thinking about like, you know, March 18th or whatever. And then suddenly you get called back to the present moment. And it's like, but I got to go. I got to go clock in here in about 45 minutes. I got to figure out what to do for dinner. <laughs> True. That. I, talk about planning, though. I'm really excited. I. I laid out a plan yesterday, contacted people, and got it all together. This coming November is the Grassroots 10-year anniversary, um, which is really cool um, to look back and go a decade. Uh, It also really fast. (laughs) It went really fast. But um, I got a hold of all of the original eight core team members that planted grassroots and we are going to do basically like a reunion anniversary celebration weekend uh, where like they're all coming in on a Friday and we are going to just have dinner, just the eight of us, just to be together, reminisce because three of them don't live in the area anymore. Um, Kelly and I are the only ones still at grassroots. Uh, Other, everybody else has moved on to other ministries and areas. Uh, But then Saturday, I talked to Nick Cornwell. We rented the Blackboard, which is his listening venue, but it's in the original place that we had the gathering, the old gym. And so we're going to go there and do an online and live event. Like anybody wants to come in the room and sit and watch and listen, that's cool, but it's going to be live online. Uh, Just the leadership of the core team, like talking about it. But I also want to get like you and Jesse and Mark and Allie there to be like, here's the original eight, and then here's like present leadership, like old leadership, new leadership, all together. And I think it's just going to be a blast. And then that Sunday, it's going to be basically a regular gathering, but we're just going to remember. We're going to kick you out of the room and talk about you. Oh, wouldn't be the first time. So is this the first time you're announcing that publicly? Yeah. yeah. First time I'm hearing about it. Hey, friends, way to to be in the know before anybody else. You and I, friends, are learning at the same time. I just lined (laughs) it up yesterday. I wanted to make sure everybody could be here. Um, Even text Nick yesterday, hey, Blackboard this day. He was like, yes, let's make it happen. 
I guess that's what it would am, be am called. I, am I here in homecoming? Yeah. And what you meant to say was that you're getting back together with the old band. It's and true. And you're going to plant a brand new church. You haven't announced it yet. <laughs> but the original <laughs> eight, they're going to be planting a new church. The complete opposite of grassroots. Tree you, leaves. You know a church. <laughs> you know what would be funny? Tree leaves church? Is to... Tree leaves church. It's the opposite. I, that's the best I can do. Grass, trees, the sky... Grassroots. Uh, um, Cloud Atlas Church. There it is. Uh, if I planted a church now with those original, with the original eight, like they would probably go into it thinking, other than my wife, who's been obviously with me the whole time, but they would think like Darren back when we planted Grassroots, that's who we're working with. And it's like, I am a completely different character now. Yeah, I like to think that I trained you well. <laughs> it's the effect, the <laughs> Adam effect. Ooh. The hints and narrative and the atom effect. Yeah, you got some A game right there on your chair. Here, <laughs> let me get that off for you. But yeah, we uh, it would be totally different. Um, but uh, no, no new church plant in that direction. But uh, it will be cool to have those original eight back together and to to reminisce because you know how nostalgic I am and just remembering ten years ago um, what it was like. And uh, but I think also getting them together in the current leadership. Uh, with the elders and wives, like it would just be a lot of fun to talk about, you know, what it was like back then compared to now, what we've seen God do. And like I said, you're going to have to leave the room. <laughs> uh. We'll just grant permission to be honest, which the the people that would be up there, that's not going to be a problem. But um, when did you make Darren most proud? When did you <laughs> most disappoint Darren? When did Darren anger you? Same moment. The most. I don't know. Now. Uh, but, yeah, it, it really, I'm looking forward to it. And just, it'll be a fun weekend. Um, obviously, just on a personal level, it'll be a fun weekend. I think it'll be really encouraging. Uh, but most of all, just just thanking God for 10 years. It is uh, the Thanksgiving season. It will be. Um, for 10 years of ministry, like, been through a pandemic, three location changes. Natural disasters. Natural disasters. Uh, revolutions. Leadership changes. You know, obviously of none of the original ones here and new leadership. And, um, yeah, it, it's been a wild ride. The expansion so. of the ripples of time, all created by one pebble thrown in one small body of water. So that's gonna be, it's gonna be different, uh, different type of weekend. But I'm I'm looking forward to it, and it happens to be, uh, it does happen to be right there, you know, around Thanksgiving, and so it's 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 gonna be good. Here's a personal question for you. All right, let's go. What is your favorite? <laughs> I was trying to think about something innuendo, but I'm you know I'm just over it these days. Um, whenever you wake up in the morning. And you're thinking about coffee. what needs to be done. Oh, okay. Okay, let's say you have your cup of coffee. Yep, got you it. Sit down. Then birds, the brain starts working. Yeah. You know, the old gears start grinding away. Um, do you, you're, you're task oriented. You're yep. very much like, let's solve problems. You're like a Mickey, Mickey Mouse Gadoer working in a thinking problem solver doer. That's, that's you, Darren Cherry. Like you are Mickey Mouse Funhouse in man form. Clubhouse made flash. <laughs> um, but, like, when you think about your to-do list, is it a, da- a daily to-do list? Do you like, okay, I'm just got to focus on today because I've already planned out what I need to do today. Don't think about tomorrow. I'm in, the, or are you like, okay, I have a month worth of things I need to do, or is it a year where it's like I've got because you're task oriented. Are your tasks daily? Are they weekly, monthly, 
Um, hourly, not at all. Like, how do you how do you plan? What scope of time do you use to plan? I I tend to look at the day. Um, I have very long lists of things to get done in the day, but I have multiple. So the best thing that ever happened to me was the discovery of the notes. Kelly, app. oh, discovery of Kelly. No, the notes app has been so much more important. Because um, <laughs> so, you you can you can write notes uh, about Kelly. Yes, that's exactly what I do. Um, oh, so the notes app. I've got all these different notes on it, and I have a list of things that I need to do today. They need to be done today. Uh, but then I have a list that needs to be done this week. Um, and then I have a list that is, these are open-ended things. Like, they need to be done eventually. It's not within a month or two months or by tomorrow. It's open-ended things that need to get done. Uh but past that with calendars and everything, a couple times a week, I will go through my calendar and go, okay, what's ahead? Um, you know, for instance, this month, the only thing coming up is for the grassroots calendar, other than first Tuesday, is uh, the family get together the last Sunday of the month, which is formerly Covenant Community Meeting. But our family get together the last Sunday of the month. So... March? Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Um, so that's the only things this month. But then I look at next month, and I know that for the church, we have engrafted, and there's Easter. Um, but you're not planning for that right now. Like, you didn't wake up today and think, all right, now what do I got to do for uh family get-together? Like, No, because I did that yesterday. <laughs> I planned it all out yesterday and got a hold of the people that I needed to get a hold of. Uh, and planned out what we're going to cover, and so that's done. And so, did like, you always turn your homework in on time? No, no, I no, I was because I'm I'm so um, that what you are saying is kind of foreign to me. It's interesting because I I think it's because uh, nine to five over well part time nine to five. I tend to go in weeks, like days mean nothing. It's like all right, I got five days to do this. I will get to it when I feel like it. That's that's my yellow. That's why I'm not blue. Yeah, the blue in me, and I think part of it is I have had to get more organized um, as the church has grown. Uh, I mean, you could talk to the yeah, we'll talk to the uh, lead eight. Talk, yeah, talk to that original eight that I would. Well, of course, it'd be the other seven because I was one of the eight. But no, yeah, you can you offer opinion too. <laughs> but I was, it was spur of the moment. It was, hey, we're going to do this next week, and but now, well, even think about GSM where I finally came to you and said, hey, we can't have an a GSM event unless we've announced it for three Sundays. Like, we've got to get out ahead of things like that. And you and I today talked about Scatter to Serve at the end of April. Yeah, see, that's my thing, because I'm, I'm aware of Scatter to Serve needs to be planned. I think you really need to start setting things in motion six weeks prior. We're about eight weeks out. But, uh, like, for my, t my, my responsibilities, you know, nine to five, that's – I don't really need to put a lot of thought. i got to study every now and then, but, yeah, neither here nor there. But when it comes to ministry – and house stuff. I know, for example, I got to preach a week from this Sunday. Yeah, which I looked yesterday at what passage because I figured I'd talk to you today about genealogy. The Gene I was like, man, you give me two. Oh, oh okay. You got two chapters. Yeah, I got a bunch of genealogy in that chapter. You've got chapter six. five and six. Yeah, six is like the sons of the 12, which is cool. But anyway, so it's, it's there like, for a reason. But yesterday, it's like I took some time praying through and thinking through the verses. But basically, I'm like, okay, I got until next Thursday to have outline and notes pretty much set in stone for me to play around with for a few days prior. So as long as I get that in by 
next Thursday. Again, weekly oriented. I like I like the wiggle room. I like the spontaneity. Well, this is this is where I'm. I am in my. I always have to do that. My twenty second year of ministry, and this is where I have a. I struggle to remember, on behalf of others, what it's like to have like a nine to five job because there's a lot of appeal to certain nine to five jobs where it's like once I show up to work, then my responsibility starts. And once I clock out, my responsibility ends. For a pastor, that's just not the case. Like, it's 24-7. Now, you block off times where, hey, I am unreachable. I'm doing family things here, or I'm going to just quietly study. And time's real flexible. Um, You know, for instance, I'll be gone Monday through Wednesday of next week at a conference in Raleigh. And I didn't have to ask off work. Um, I didn't have to see how many vacation days I had or anything like that. Like a boss. And, and so it, it is different. But I, just the years of ministry, you know, I've, I've had to get more organized. Um, I realized a couple years ago that unless I did better at organizing, the church was going to be stunted in its growth to a degree. Where, yeah, maybe we have more people coming, but uh, are we laid out where, where we're ready to disciple? Like right now, we have set up groups in a way uh, with our group. Our group just multiplied. We sent part of our group um, and plugged some new people in with our new leaders, Ryan and Gina, and I'm really excited for them. Uh, I think they're going to be great group leaders. Our son's in their group, and he was at group last night. He was gone for a couple of hours, and I just – he came back saying, yeah, we told our stories and, and just getting to know. I'm really excited for them. We have other groups that are going through that. Um, and we've got this growth potential now of more people coming in and getting plugged in and being discipled and being known and the church growing in relationship. You know, you're, you're working with GSM. The Lord's bringing in new leaders and expanding the student ministry for future growth and stuff. And and I, that doesn't go as well without planning and, and all that. So I know this is nothing to do with our topic of the day. but Oh, what? I mean, it's just good advice. I mean, uh, you know, for new believers, new converts, if you are listening, or if you know someone who has recently converted or uh, has now stepped into the life of faith. I can, I can, I can you, you associate gotta, this real quick. I associate my brains out. Associate? You said associate. I know. Did I? Is that the right word? I don't know. I can, uh, I connect this. I want to be associated. <laughs> here we go. Right here, now. Here comes the association. Braced. Um, I'm braced. Liturgy. Okay. Liturgy is just a really fancy word. I'll be honest. I don't know the etymology of it. I don't know. There's a probably some root Greek word that is awesome or something or Latin. But um, yes, liturg means flow. And And G means Jesus. (laughs) Um, I'm actually going to look it up while I'm talking. Uh, I bet you I came pretty close. We're going to find out. So liturgy is basically just the flow. Like for us on a Sunday morning, we call it the the gathering, the flow. Uh, It's, you know, we always start off with a call to repentance, and then we go into a time of worship through singing or announcements, you know, scripture reading, praying, uh, preaching, communion. And we do that because, uh, I don't know if people even realize we're doing this, but the whole time 
we are trying to bring the room together uh, and have our hearts realigned towards Christ that uh, by the time we leave, we leave reoriented back to Christ and unified in that. Um, I think our daily lives need that, and this is this is where the connection comes. Um, my days go better if I have a flow to the day, a liturgy. I'm going to start off with getting the family off to school, um, and then I've got my daily reading, um, my devotional time, uh, and then the office hours kick in where it's either meetings or study or pay for it. But there's a, a flow to the day, and at the end, there's going to be some family time there and maybe a little work time at the house or something. But end with some downtime. You know, Kelly and I usually sit in the living room talking or watch a show together. And so this liturgy of life, things go better than what am I going to do the next five minutes? And I think for new believers, something that can really help them grow is to realize to form healthy habits. Uh, oh, a, a I see liturgy. the associatedness. Yeah. You see that association happen? Smooth. Uh, yeah, to form healthy habits uh, where you don't just happen to read the Bible when you get a chance, but you set out um, to the best of your ability. We all know there's times we wake up late, um, a kid gets sick, you know, something happens, traffic. I mean, something always happens. But to build healthy habits of time in the Word, time with the Lord. Listen, set Sundays aside. That time with the body is so vital. That small group you're a part of, that is a high priority. And so I know you've got a list, and I didn't mean to jump us well, in That's there your number quick, one. I, I think that's, new that would be converts. Uh, this is Darren talking to young Darren, maybe. I don't know. Oh, big time. Because, listen, you can ask my wife. If there, if my day was planned out for me five years ago, I was angry because I'm like, man, I got so much this stuff to get to, and I have to get to these things, and I'd rather just have a, a free day to just go where I want, when I want. Now, now I'm like, I want to lay my day out. I want to know what's ahead. But you can talk to the people that have known me best for the last 10 years. I get so much more accomplished within the day. I am more prepared for the things coming up than I used to be. And there's less stress on me because I am out ahead of things and I just have more peace in the midst of, of all that's going on. So Yeah, the Gospel Coalition just put out an article about being sluggard. <laughs> It's pretty eye-opening as well. Okay, li, li it, yep. means it's Greek. It comes from the word leotos, yes. which means public, right? And ergos, which mm -hmm. means working. So public working, public works comes together to create this liturgus. Uh, so liturgus minister, mm -hmm. and that went to the Greek word. Leturgia. That's right. Which means public service, worship of the gods. I mean, every time I see that fire truck go by, ministry. And then that came to a late Latin version uh, mixed with a French version, which means liturgy. And it's I mean, 
it makes sense. I mean, firework through public works is a type of Christ, you know, saving people from fire. There's a, you know, I see what you did you there. Make Greek. it work there, but I, I'll, I'll That's even bring, bring you into this. Um, let's say, okay, you preach a week from Sunday, right? Okay, let's say it's a week from today, so next Thursday, and you're like, yeah, I know I preach, but the Lord's going to give me something. When you get in the pulpit, you're going to be pretty freaked out. I had a dream about this last night, Darren. This is so weird you brought this up. Uh-huh. I'm not kidding. So my reoccurring nightmare, not sleep paralysis or, you know, other night terror. You're falling things. and you wake up right before you hit? No. But, my, like, you know how people are like, you always have a dream that it's like I peed my pants in class. Oh, no. Something and like that. And then you wake up and you peed your pants in bed? I mean, huh. But have you ever done that? I've never done that. But have you ever? I've never it? done that. Have you, okay, I'm sorry for those that do struggle with it. But I know some people that have done that. I've thought like, about it because I got to walk down the steps at two thirty at night. I'm like, uh, wait, you've thought that. about like, you know what? Instead of walking down the steps, I'm just gonna pee my pants. No, I'm like, is that like one percent option? I'm like, I mean, <laughs> that, is, that is it is dark and cold down there, and there are monsters coming out of the bay. You know, it might be nice. Is all I'm saying. <laughs> It's a little cool. It's ah, oh, that's warm. Pulling a Dumb and Dumber. It's a king size bed. I mean. Oh gosh. <clears throat> now my uh, reoccurring nightmare is I'm in college and I get my final schedule and I see a class that I meant to drop that I was lazy and eventually forgot to do it and I never showed up. I didn't do the assignments, but oh. I have to take the final and no matter what I do, I'm going to fail. There's nothing I can do. Total helplessness. I hate that. Like, oh, I meant to drop that class, but I didn't. And I failed all the I don't even know what the assignments were. Like, what am I like there's nothing to do and I hate I don't psychoanalyze that, Darren. Well, I would say the Lord is telling you to um Study well before you preach. Okay. Last night I had the same dream, but it was like, and Adam was going to be bringing us the word, and I was in service, and I was like, oh, shoot, I am preaching. Oh. And that, I was like. That would be panic-inducing. Like, oh, shoot. Shoot, I am teaching. Oh, no. Then uh, it's like, can I be in the moment? I, I told Jesse this. You can ask Jesse this, because uh, we were getting, well, I was getting coffee. You didn't have any cream. Another reason why you get get used to drinking black coffee. Oh no, we're out of cream. It's like, yeah, guess what? Boom, I'm still drinking coffee. Oh, because I hate myself. But um, poor Jesse. I know. I'm sorry, hon. But you know, I like that was it. I had to. I had to teach. Like you're about to call me up <clears throat> up front, and it was like, I have it. I don't even know what I'm preaching on. I don't. Even, I don't have verses. Now, I think in that situation, I could probably because I do spend time in devotion throughout the day, and I like to be meditating on a certain part of scripture all the time just in case. And that's kind of like how I do, like you mentioned, like getting ready for a sermon. Uh, like for yesterday, I want to read through the passage several times. I just want to be familiar with it, make sure Absolutely. it's in context. Like what does this mean to me? Like what am I getting from this? And I just sit it on, on my mind and let it let it cook in the crock pot of my brain for a while, just like marinate it on it. And then eventually I'll look through other sources if I'm like not, if, you know, got to turn the heat up a little bit on the crock pot. It was on low. Maybe it needs to be on high. Which you did the last time you preached. We gave you Moses' origin story. You're like, dude, what commentaries are we using? Because I, this passage <laughs> is killing me. I was like, what application? I mean, don't murder people. but it's Don't got- put your babies in a basket in a river? Yeah, Moses was a baby. Um, but no, I'm... I- if, and I'm just going to take a couple of days and do that. I want to think about the passages. I want to consider different patterns. What does it mean to me? Like, what does this look? How can I live out that in my life? I want to. I want to 
teach to myself and preach to others. And then usually by the week before a sermon, I'll start uh, looking into different sources, articles, books, what have you, to how am I matching up with what people who've dedicated their lives <laughs> to studying. No, it's, it's always a good feeling when you look at a verse that may oh, be my difficult, yeah. and you're like, I think this is where it lands in the context of Scripture. And then you go check out commentaries, and they're like, this is where it lands. And you're like, I was right. It's always or, a good feeling. Or I, I feel this way more often where it's like, okay, I've got these thoughts about Moses and his origins, uh, but I don't really know how to put it into words. Read a couple of commentaries, and it's like, they put into words what I was thinking. That's what I was thinking. I didn't know how to verbalize it, but that's usually my my method. Instead of going through like a checklist of stuff, I like to have a big picture. I know, like I've got. I will study when I have time. But my with kids, young kids at home, the scheduling is just kind of impossible <laughs> right now. Uh, my advice to new converts, or for those that are ministering to new converts, new believers, I've got, it's it's a. It's a two-parter, but it's one thing. So you said you have a list. I do. Is I'm, this number one on your list? Uh, it's like number one and three. Okay, because number one on my list is develop healthy, healthy habits, develop a liturgy, and your number one slash three is? Be involved in a community. That's the first half. So and I want I want to go somewhere with that. Yeah, I'm I'm listening. So I've, we, I've we, automatically got thoughts, but I was like, wait, no, let him yeah, finish. So I mean, we preach about it all the time, but there's one specific part about being involved in a community that is crucial in the time we live right now. So ev- according to Scripture, we're supposed to be in a Jesus-centered, gospel-fueled community. Like we're supposed to live life with each other and care for each other, use our gifts to bless each other, receive blessings from others, carry their burdens throw our burdens on someone else so we don't have to deal with them. You know, all that fun. Oh, sorry. Um, Cast your cares. But we all know that there is a cultural shift towards isolation to where, you know, so many people online, it's like, here, pray this prayer. That's all you need. You're good forever. You don't need a pastor. You don't need someone behind a pulpit brainwashing you. These old texts, it's a relationship between you and God. You read scripture. You let the spirit speak to you, but there's no guidance in that. Um, And I think that, presents a problem. So we need to be engaged, not just show up on Sundays, not even just show up on Sundays and go to, be engaged. Like if there's a picnic that you're, that your local church is having, like just show up and hang, that's the best thing to do, just show up and hang out because they're your friends. There is not, that's great. Um, you don't really need to serve in that, just, just be a part, like just be engaged in the community of the church. But okay, there, you just be engaged in a faith community. Correct. Yeah, gotcha, gotcha. Not online, not like a support group for new converts to where everyone's just allowing everybody to say what they want, and, well, it's your relationship with God. You have the Bible, and you don't need anyone to help you interpret anything. Yeah, which if somebody's got groups on Facebook they're connected with that are um, faith-based groups, you know, Christian groups, or if there's a, a particular pastor they like watching, on, that's okay. Like, those are good, but those should be supplemental to the church that you're plugged into locally. Yeah, go go to brunch gotcha. with somebody. Like, just be be in, engaged. Let's not just be a part of a community. So that's be one. engaged. But specifically, three. what that offers that you cannot get in the online, isolated nature of our culture right now is you got to ask questions. And I, mm. because when I was, let's see, um, you know, convert. I was converted. I guess six, seven years old. It was a long time ago. I don't remember all the details. Well, I remember some of it, but not all the details. But um, 
I'm very blessed. Family of believers. Had a good childhood. Good church. Uh, people loved me. I loved them. Like it was great. They loved the Lord. I mean, it was good. I had a, but one critique I would have is that if you ask questions like with dad, it'd be like, "Hey, what are your thoughts on this?" Just get mad. You're wrong. Don't think that. Drop it. And it's like, whoa. If you're in a healthy community, you should ask questions. Like for those mature Christians, welcome questions. Like even if it's something that sounds minuscule, dumb, or pointless to you, like if you know the answer, because I'll tell you what, grinds my gears, Darren. Someone that's been a Christian for a while. All right, Sheldon and Cooper. And then when someone asks a question, it's you like... You sound like Sheldon Cooper. That really grinds my gears. Uh, well, it grinds my gears. Um, irks my taters. You know what irks my taters? It's whenever someone asks someone a question and the answer is like, no, because the Bible says so, get over it. And it's like, but no, I have some questions about this. Um, like, you know, space and time and how does that work out and God's artistic tapestry and you're thinking too much. Just drop it. But it's like, no, I'm intrigued by the majesty and glory of God and his creation and the stars and the sun. And it's so big. You're wasting your time. What does that have anything to do with your day? It's like, so no, don't question. But anyway, the whole point being you need to have people around you where you can ask questions honestly. You can only learn by asking the right questions, but also mature Christians who can patiently walk with you through that. Not just slam the door and say yes or no, and that's what so many folks do. Is this right or wrong? Wrong. Next. It's like, but can you explain it? Don't care. Bible says so. Next. It's like, okay. Yeah. Like, I... get get it going, because if, if you, like, um, cohabitation is a big topic, uh, tricky topic. But someone be like, uh, cohabitation, is it unbiblical? Is it biblical? Wrong. Next question. Don't think about it. Don't do it. Don't worry. It's like, but can you walk me through it? Why? I don't know. Just the Bible says don't do it. Don't do it. And it's like, but okay. You get what I'm trying to say? Yeah, you, young converts, be involved in a community where you can honestly ask questions and receive constructive guidance and discipleship in that. That was loaded. There, Scripture says... We walk by faith, not by sight. Literally for me. And so, uh-huh. uh, so there is this level of there are going to be questions that we have that ultimately cannot be answered this side of heaven. Um, however, we do have all of the knowledge that we need from God contained in His Word. And so we explore it. Um, so to just be like, no, that's wrong, move on. You're missing an opportunity to, to dive in deeper in your understanding of who God is. and, and Because that's uh, what I got when world. I asked questions until I was in college. And then, uh, you know, we, we, you talk about alcohol, those that are T totally and absolutely against it, which was my upbringing. And, but don't question it. Like, don't, don't, no, it's wrong. Boom, period. It's like, but what about this? And I actually had a pastor, the same thing. It's like, nope, not gonna. It's like, oh, okay, but can you walk me through why? It says right here, don't do it. And it's like, hmm, but is it really? Well, why are you suddenly curious? It's like, no, I'm not. I'm, ju I'm just asking questions. Then you, you know, get involved in Campus Crusade um, to where it was like open forum. It's like, walk, look, we're in this together. Like, what questions do y'all have? To see like older brothers and sisters being like, okay. I actually had a guy um, disciple me, uh, Brandon, our Sunday school teacher at New Baptist in Huntington one day, because I asked him that question. And he's like, 
do you want to meet with me at Starbucks tomorrow morning? Coffee on me. I was like, heck yeah. And he had like five printouts and he just sat there and walked through everything and concluded it with the same conclusion, wisdom from my pastor at home. It's like, but consider as much thought as you put in that, you should probably consider staying away. It's like, oh, that makes sense. Um, so just, just ask, be in a position, be in a community where you can openly, honestly ask questions and receive loving guidance. Yeah. And I had a conversation with a guy yesterday that it's always enjoyable to find somebody, even if you disagree, somebody who's willing to at least just talk to you because so much of our culture and our world today, you find these videos online, you see these debates going on in college campuses, you see people doing man on the street type stuff, you see uh, people making videos of themselves arguing on a topic, but they're not with anybody, they're just making their point. And there's no discussion being had. It's just, I'm gonna make my point to shut you up. And, and so the, the opportunity to actually explore happens in conversation. So yeah, questions are, are okay. Now, I, I will give a caveat to, to that. The part of giving, get, get, uh, asking questions is one, you might not like the answer. If you ask the question, you might not like the answer. But as long as the answer sticks to scripture. Right. Yeah. Um, Which and, a good mature Christian should know that. They're not going to give their own opinion and yeah, all yeah. that junk. So, so that's one in three for you. Why don't you fill in the gap? What's number two? Well, let me check my and notes then I'll, And then I'll go to number two once you're... you're All right. Done. Let me see here. Uh, step number one, solve the world. Uh, da, 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 da. There it is, yep. All right, the other one? Memorize the Old Testament first and then New Testament. Lead by serving from the get-go. Um, get Yes, get involved in the community, but everyone, no matter where they are, there is someone who they can lead on some level. I think that a lot of people, and this is myself for a while, that in order to be in a, to, to be considered in a leadership position, I need to have certain uh, credentials of intellect or like, I need to achieve a certain status and when I'm comfortable with it, then I will start leading. But really, if you just get involved and start working, there's someone who you can lead on some level, maybe not like be their pastor or, but just start working. And there's always going to be, you know, a younger, maybe a teen around you in that situation, like serve to lead. That's literally it. Like just get involved. There's no perfect time. Like, well, once you're like 80% righteous and then Jesus compensates for the other 20, you know, something like, like once you've achieved a certain thing, then consider joining the worship team. It's like, no, you're a convert and you got the Holy spirit. Like start working. We got we got kingdom to build, <laughs> you know. Just start working, but not just working to work, but do it in a way that is leading others towards Christ, His character, His truth. You don't want to sit on the bench, even though you're a recent convert. You don't want to, you know. It's like, hey, I'm a Christian. It's like, okay, well, after two years, then we'll let you do coffee, because we don't want you to have a conversation with someone and mislead them. It's like, I think it's a huge sign of maturity. Um, in a Christian when they start looking towards the needs of others instead of their own. Um, and we all have to get there because you just think about a baby, um, you know, babies born, they can do nothing for themselves, literally nothing. Uh, but as they grow, you know, our, our youngest is eight now. Um, is Rowan five? Six. Se- no. Seriously? Should be seven this fall. No. Mm-hmm. 
I don't want to talk about it. Well, <laughs> I don't want to talk about it. Hey, faithful listeners, my wife still has it. You have to ask. There's a particular video of when she used to babysit Rowan and Lincoln. So Lincoln's just, so he'll be nine this year. So he's a year and a few months older than her. So he's about as much older than Rowan as Kelly is than me. I'm just throwing that out there. Um, there's a video of, golly, how old was Rowan when Kelly? I think she was two at the time. She two. So Lincoln's sitting on the couch, and Rowan's just, they're all sitting on the couch. And Rowan just, for whatever reason, just like flops her head down on Lincoln. Well, dude's like got his arms up on the couch. He's been, yeah. He yawned before he did that, too. He said, oh. And then he put his arms just she got right in on those pecs and cuddled. But Kelly put it to music. And I remember when she showed you that video. You were Lady like, in the tramp. I don't know how I feel about it. Every it's time that I song, hear that, So this is love. Every time I hear that, it's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, y'all, listeners, ask yeah. Kelly to see that video. But <laughs> you've seen it, Ron. I mean, Ruthie is even younger. You've seen, like, they start to do things for themselves. It's a sign of they're getting older. But also to the point where we have to tell Lincoln, Lincoln, you are capable of doing that now. Like, there are times he walks up and goes, you know, Dad, will you open this bag of chips? And I'm like, buddy, you can do that. And so when somebody moves towards I want to care for others um, and serve, like that's a sign of growth in the relationship uh, with Christ. So uh, that's a good one. My number two, are you okay, ready for I got it? got 10 minutes. I got two left. And Okay, my number two is uh, one that I really wish I'd learned, and I've only learned it uh, in the last uh, probably five to eight years. Um, cherish the older generation. So, so new believers, I think there's this idea where, like, maybe somebody in their 20s comes to Christ. They want somebody in their 20s to disciple them because they're in the same life season. And it's like, that's cool. But listen, there are some 60- and 70-year-old people out there that have been faithful to the Lord for decades. Do not overlook them, okay? Maybe, maybe talking to them, they're like, yeah, I don't like your tattoos, that's okay. Or they're like, man, I, I just, I like hymns better than, you know, live band type stuff. Like, those are all preferential things. But you have people that have faithfully loved the Lord and served Him for decades and such experience. Um, and, and you know, because of the culture that I think that in, in the last hundred years, of American Christian culture, I feel like this older generation, they don't feel qualified. I'll give you an example. And I'm going to say this because I know they don't listen to the podcast, so she's not going to be mad at me. You obviously have in your group Rodney and Connie and my in-laws. And you and I have the same opinion of Connie. Like, this lady is awesome. She is a mature believer. She is a loving, godly woman. But I, there's this hesitancy in her 
to pour into younger moms or younger ladies because it's almost like, well, who am I to do that? Like, I don't have, it's like, man, she has such a testimony of faithfulness to the Lord. Um, and, and I just don't want the younger, new believers do not discount that. And this sounds grim, but you know, it's, it always makes us sad when there's like, oh, we have about 100 American World War II survivors left. And it's like, oh, man, that's a wealth of wisdom that we won't get back. Like, while, while they're here, let's honor them, yes, and uh, try to draw from that well of wisdom that they have to have to be able to make it that far. Like, that's, that's yeah. a good one. And yeah. I actually think culturally, too, like, younger generations always spitting in the face of older generations just because... But you know, we have a lot to learn from each other. Well, and I'll say, you know, there is this older generation. There is a mindset there, and I'm I'm getting there. That's why I'm 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 the cob. Um, I I get frustrated with the arrogance and stupidity of a younger generation. Um, like, what have you been through, and you think you know all the answers? Uh, but at the same time, I have been that younger generation that has had elders older generations look down and go, you haven't been through anything. How do you have to insect? It doesn't mean I don't know what I'm doing mm -hmm. in certain situations. So just a mutual respect and admiration for, um, you know, this, this younger generation coming up. There is a younger generation that is hungry for the truth, hungry for the Lord, uh, that wants to see the church grow, the gospel go out. Uh, don't discount that. Older generation has been faithful um, and serving the Lord and have seen the gospel go out. Let's honor one another uh, and, and, and move in unity in that way. So you got number three. What's your number? No, uh, you already said number, well, number four. No, I'm, I'm going to put a couple of them together because I actually think it works Four and five are well, going together? Way. I'm going to put them together. Not only to save us four. time, but... Brett, four. It's this, this is number four. Four. You had one... Yeah. No, three and one don't go together as easy as four. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, I th uh, sometimes you think, oh, I'm a Christian now. It's like, let's, you know, lead a revival. Let's change the world. Uh, maybe that's not going to happen immediately. We're not all Paul. Um, it's a special calling. So on one hand, learn to enjoy the mundane. Like, you know, enjoy. I don't want to say enjoy the boring because with Christ, nothing is boring. Um, I used to work desk, freshman dorms from four to eight on weekends, just, you know, which is funny. I'm, I am an unchanged person uh, from four to eight on the weekends. And yeah, it could be boring, but man, that was time to read. Like it was just good. So in on the in the day to day life of a Christian, you know, expecting like miracles and signs and wonders, and yes, they are around, and we should look for them and give God glory for that. But whenever it's quiet and still, which most days are, most days are routine, most days are predictable. It's like enjoy that. Like there's nothing wrong with that. Enjoy the ordinary. Exactly yeah. because, and again, the flip side of that is that worship God in everything that you do. All the roles and responsibilities you have in life, relationships, who you are at work. It's like the Cornwells use this definition for worship, which I've I've clung on to. It's like affirming that God is in your life who he says he is. So me as a dad, as a husband, as a tour guide, as an elder, as a driver on the road, as someone sitting outside listening to the birds because it's spring. Amen to that. 
But it's like, give God glory in all those moments. And there's so much joy and satisfaction to be found when you have that mindset. I think it's whenever you begin to not in that moment affirm with your life that God is who he says he is, that's whenever you start losing focus and you start feeling a little bit more stressed and then a little bit more anxious. And then that's when temptation starts creeping up. And now you feel bad, you know, it's like just every moment and every role and responsibility make your life a living sacrifice. Everything you do, make it to God's glory. So even in the mundane moments, which is okay, like that is life. Most life, that's what they say. Most of your childhood was boring. You don't think about it when you get older because you can only remember emotional highs and emotional lows and really what you were paying attention to, which is another thing. But if you want to be honest with yourself, most of those summer days by July is like, oh my gosh, what to do? Mom, I'm bored. So go outside. I'm like, I want to go outside. I've been outside, Mom. I want to sit here and be bored, you know? But that that's, mindset. that's when the creativity can take over. Right. So the Christians that are, you know, kind of like kids in their faith, they're like, I'm bored. And it's like, look, give God glory in that. Like, man, go outside and go fish and glorify God. Like, I don't know. Just make worship the center of everything, not a corporate process on Sunday, but like, yeah, that's included, but everything you do worship and enjoy the mundane hey it's fun to be bored when you're a christian go on the outside in be like four to eight on the weekends that's terrible it's like it's great it's quiet get work done i get paid look at all the good so anyway that's that's my is that four of is that four that's my four of that's my list i like it yeah I, i think if i could encourage new believers um this one is gonna resonate with some like right away and then others would be like, oh, this again. Read. Hey, we haven't, we haven't uh, harped on that in a while. Please read. I mean, that's why I, I, I'm a book reader. I'm, I'm reading a litany of things right now. Um, litany. Yeah. L-I, which is uh, works publicly. Ni is Greek for reading in paper form so, so i am reading public works in paper form um no litany I, I am reading right now of course two commentaries on the book of exodus which i'm really enjoying both of those i'm reading a book on deaconship because i'm going that through that with jeff um and then really i'm trying to keep up with jeff golly uh and then i'm reading a book on evangelism because of the leadership uh, residency that we're doing but then I'm reading a book at night. It's an autobiography of Mel Brooks, which is just a lot of fun. Um, but I think that's why I'm always recommending books to people uh, because it's so helpful um, to accompany Scripture, not to interpret Scripture, uh, but as Scripture interprets Scripture, but in our daily lives of applying it, these other books help. And a lot of people are like, man, I hate to read. I don't like to read. I get that. That's why even in the lobby here, we've got that little um, display of the little almost like booklets for sale that are just three bucks a piece, but different topics and just try to break people into reading. But and that's the amazing thing about reading. I was talking about commentaries, like my opinion of scripture whenever I'm just reading through a passage on my own and praying through it. Uh, coming up with my own ideas, and then suddenly you have someone who's spent, you know, six years studying that same topic on a doctoral level. Basically, they're taking all this accumulated knowledge and information, and if you take 20 hours, maybe, I don't know how long it takes to read a book, 
and you're you're literally taking that wealth of knowledge, and now that is in your mind, like that is in your brain. You can think the way that the, you, you don't have to do the work. You just got to read it. Like it's, I man, I think reading is great as an exercise of just. It makes me happy too. Like if there are days when I don't get to read, I feel not sharp. Like yeah. I feel smarter when I read, and I know I'm not. I mean, but again, you're just taking. Like, man, I've got, like, Tolkien's world. Imagine that. This guy who had a whole world in his mind puts it on paper, and now, I, I mean, that's in my mind. Like, that's crazy to me. Literally took what was in abstract in his brain and put it in mine, and I don't have to come up with a creative world because I can. it's, it's in my brain. That's crazy to me. So, yeah, reading is, and especially for new converts, too. Yeah, it's because of our uh, technology today. Uh, I like having a book in my hands um, because I take notes. I write notes, and so I like to go back and reference it. I like having a book in my hand. But some people like, like Kelly likes to read on a Kindle. You know, she likes to read that type of thing. Some people are like, I'm not going to read books, but you know what? There are so many resources to read articles online uh, about particular topics of scripture, even blogs. Yeah, you want to learn about gardening in West Virginia, and instead of Googling it or watching a YouTube video, read a book about it. It'll blow your mind. Literally, blow your mind. But that's a, there's so many different resources out there to read um, that from books to articles to websites to blogs. Uh, just, But I think, I think our reading at times for a lot of individuals is spent too often reading the comment section of a particular occurrence, and I it's like never read comments. Yeah, I you're not never feeding. You're not comments. feeding your soul and your spirit through that. And so, uh, encouraging people outside of Scripture, okay, take your time in the Word, most importantly, uh, but then also read uh, other audiobooks. Podcasts, you know, mm. those are all forms of just learning. It could be reading, it could be listening. Uh, I encourage that. Well, Darren, that was good. I think if there is a recent convert, new believer, or someone that knows one, I think that that that's good. I mean, you know what you're talking about. I'm apparently making it up as I go. GrassrootsWV.com, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Give us a call. You can text us. We love you all, and we very much appreciate your time. If you made it this far, hopefully you're blessed from this recording. You already know you're awesome. See you.